0: Today, I have two very special guests. They are not only listeners of the podcast, but I was fortunate enough to spend six weeks with these ladies. They were beta testers for me for a program that you will hear all about, but they were the ones that really helped shape and tweak this program. And I am fortunate enough to have them here with me today. We're just going to have a great conversation, ladies. Welcome to Top Self, the podcast dedicated to relax your mind, achieve change, and become a healthier, more present you. Are you ready to move past the daily anxiety, comparing and doubting yourself, and feeling like you're not enough? I'm your host, Shannon Bryant, and I've ruined many good relationships because of my jealousy and stayed way too long in some bad ones because of my insecurity. But i stopped letting fear drive my actions, and now I can't wait to share with you as I dive into these emotions, shed light on how they might be impacting your life, and uncover strategies to break free from their grip. It's time to start living a life of confidence So get ready to ignite your self-worth and transform your life because, my friend, you are worthy. So I have Molly. Hi, Shannon. Hi. And I have Daniela. Hey, Shannon. Hi. I'm happy to see you both because it's been a little bit since we got together and I was really loving the time that we were spending together having once a week just to get together with the two of you. We had a few other ladies that were in that group that were beta testing this program. So talk to me a little bit about the experience that you had, even just having other people to meet with once a week.
1: I'll start off. Yeah, for sure. It um Having others, I think, has been just the biggest game changer for me personally. I've always felt like just the odd woman out in any scenario. And so being in a group of individuals who are currently or have dealt with something similar and, you know, having a space that's created essentially a safe space where we can openly talk about that with no judgment was huge for me. Yeah,
0: because one of the things I hear a lot is we feel ashamed and embarrassed to talk about the issue, which of course, you know, that is part of my mission is to really get it out there and let people know that it's okay to talk about it and that a lot of people experience it. So it may have taken, I don't know, I feel like two weeks before you guys put your guard down a little bit and like, okay, maybe, maybe it's okay to talk about this. Molly, how did you feel about the experience?
2: I've actually been working on this problem for some years. And I think getting together with a group of women and meeting people with the same issues helped me more than anything. It made me realize, first of all, that I wasn't alone and that there was hope. And uh, definitely hearing your story and knowing that you overcame this and something I wanted so badly to do gave me a lot of strength. And then uh, Daniela and I have actually kind of become each other's support people. And we're like, she's like my sponsor. You know, I, I, <laughs> I, I message her when I'm having problems and she messages me and we share what we've learned and what we've tried and what we've done. And we wouldn't have gotten this connection without this group. And that's been, that's been huge.
0: Yeah. I love that you said sponsor because no joke, I have had a couple of people Um, There was a therapist that I interviewed and some other people that have said, oh, my gosh, it's like you need a JA, like Jealousy Anonymous, because there is a lot of that (laughs) similar to AA, right? And Al-Anon where it's like you have the secret meetings and you really don't want anybody to know that you're attending those meetings and everybody has to keep it quiet. You know, you can't go to the grocery store and say, oh, Molly was in the, you know, JA meeting last week. So I don't know, that might be a thing at some point, but definitely I think the group atmosphere seemed to, and once, you know, like I said, it took you guys maybe a couple weeks to let down your guard, but then once it was like, you could tell that it was just having that energy from the other person and hearing their experiences was definitely a nice change to have somebody to talk to. Absolutely. Absolutely. So Daniela, talk to me a little bit about the first time you noticed that you had some jealousy and what was happening in your life. What was going on when you kind of first started to notice that? So
1: moment of vulnerability here, right? Like that's that's the other part of the, of the program here, learning to really put yourself out there and, and admit things that I think for me personally, I've not wanted to vocalize, you know, again, out of shame, out of embarrassment. So I think the first time I realized it probably going dating back to, you know, one of my first, I guess, quote unquote, serious relationships, um, 10, 15 years ago now, which is really sad to admit, right? That it started that early. So I mean, going back to my first, first significant other, first partner, mm-hmm. and it was just something simple. Like I just didn't like other females talking to them and if I saw them giggle I would think like oh they're flirting who are they talking about is it is there something wrong with me does he like her does you know what are the interests there but it's something that has evolved and has become harder and harder to to try to control and Mm -hmm. you know I I always wonder right if I would have done something then which I was much younger and everything happens for a reason but had I done something much Earlier, maybe I wouldn't, wouldn't be where I'm at now, or I would, you know, be fully on the other side. (laughs) And I think that is true for a lot
0: of people. Molly, I know that you'll probably attest to this too, of it just goes on for so long before we realize it. Right. And I think too, a lot of it is for the most part, we're only realizing it in relationships because as I've said before, when we're single, We're not noticing that we are jealous so much. It's when we're really in those relationships. And I think sometimes we go, Oh, is it just this relationship or this person? And then it may take us, you know, two, three, who knows how many people or how many relationships before we realize, Oh, the problem. This is, this is me. (laughs) I'm the problem. Oh, this is me. (laughs) Yeah. I'm the problem, not them necessarily. Molly, when did you first realize you had some jealousy issues?
2: You know, I knew that I had feelings of jealousy. I didn't realize it was such an issue for me until most recently, but I I had experienced extreme jealousy even as a child when my parents took in a younger foster child that I was the youngest and I was the baby and they brought her in and I just hated her. I was so jealous of her. I would do the meanest things to her. I was nine years old. Time went on and these feelings would flare up occasionally. But in the last three years, I think with being home all the time, with COVID, with my husband bringing his work home, it's had time to just ruminate. And it has just developed into this monster. But I had just blips here and there where maybe 20 years ago, because I've been married a long time, 20 years ago, there was an incident came and went. And then five years later, there's another incident and it came and went. So it, it was sort of like lying dormant in me. And mm-hmm. I was so busy. I didn't have time to think about what my husband was doing. And it, like I said, it's only been in this last three years where we're stuck at home together. Um, he's still choosing to work from home and he brought everybody into the home with him, basically, you know, virtually. So mine has really, really been at its worst for the last three years. We
0: talk a lot about some of the habits that we do when we're feeling really jealous, some of those action habits or direct habits that we do. you really struggle with one in particular, but it's also a win for you um, because your husband works at home and has meetings in the home. Can you talk about some of the things
2: that you were doing? Yeah. So I hadn't had access to who he worked with. And because of my couple of jealous episodes in the past over his coworkers, and I had no idea that he worked with hundreds of women because he works, you know, he works, works a large company. And so when he started working from home, I started going through his calendar, his email. Um, I started listening to his meetings. Eventually we put a ring camera in his office and he wasn't, he went along with it to try to make me more comfortable. My psychiatrist had recommended that we try to desensitize me and that didn't work, mm-hmm. Um, you know, to expose me to more and more of the conversations and that really, did, that really wasn't helpful, but, but I appreciate, you know, that was one thing to try. Yeah. So after the ring camera and going on his phone and looking at all his messages and all his text messages and getting deep into what was going on, I went back years on his calendar to see who he had in every meeting. I got so obsessive compulsive with it and wanted to know everything. And I know we'll talk about it later, but you know, when you talk about our, our belief system, our beliefs, I could find something in everything that Confirmed what I thought, but it really was not. It was innocent. But that was a big issue for me was, was the phone, the camera. We have location tracking, but it's not, it's not to see who he's with. That's
0: one thing that gets really tough when we get into these loops of we want to know all the details, but then we, we react not well, when we hear the details, which then makes our partner not want to tell us the details, then we think they're lying or hiding from us. So it just becomes this vicious cycle. And you're right, Molly, and I'm sure that Daniela can can attest to this. But when we look and when we search, like you said, we can find almost anything. We can make something out of nothing. What does that emoji mean? Why did they send it then? You know, we've talked about that before about it really just keeps that going. And instead of feeling better, it actually makes you more anxious. Daniela, do
1: you do you experience the same thing? Yes, I like had to stop and like jot down my notes because I think Molly, the the word obsessive, honestly, is what comes to mind. And I 100 percent. It resonates and it's, you know, being that detective and Shannon, I remember in one of your earlier episodes you talked about, um, I can't remember how you had worded it, but essentially like this is a full-time job, like in itself, like trying to find things that either are there or, or not there, trying to understand things rather than just either having that conversation, that hard needed conversation or picking and choosing what to let go of and what to really focus your energy on.
0: Yeah, because it's like, what is the answer that we're looking for, right? Because when we look and we don't find anything, we keep looking. It's like, how many times do you have to look before you feel like you have enough evidence that nothing is happening Yeah, to stop looking, right?
1: Exactly.
0: Daniela, explain to me what it's like for your partner.
1: Yeah, yeah. It builds a lot of distrust then, like both ways. So being upset and bothered at not knowing the level of detail that I feel I want to know or need to know then creates for like just a hostile relationship where, you know, OK, well, you're not happy with what I'm telling you, so I'm not going to tell you anything at all. Right. Because at what point like does it even matter whether I say that this is what I did today or this isn't what I did. You're going to read into it however you want to. So there's no point. It's wasted energy. It's wasted time and, and it's time you can't get back. And so that creates, um, for me, it creates even more insecurities then because it's like, man, I just, I essentially burnt my own bridge, right? Like instead of leaving that line of communication opened, I blocked it off because, you know, it's damn if you do, damn if you don't type thing.
0: I remember a beautiful moment during our six weeks together when you guys were going through the course and one of the other participants was talking about wanting Her partner to trust her again. And both of you were like, oh, my gosh, yes, because she was saying he is so upset with me and doesn't trust that he can share his feelings, tell her anything that's Mm -hmm. going on with his life because of her reaction.
1: Yeah, It, it goes into like being that safe space um and i think that was something that we also talked about at the time right like when you come home from from work or from wherever i want you i want to be that safe space i want you to one want to come back home uh look forward to coming home right not look at it as like oh i got to go home right like oh it's that time of the day or what is she going to question me about today type thing and that it goes to the level of trust and and rebuilding what has been damaged. Mm-hmm.
0: It gets. It starts to feel very controlling. I know that was one of the things that my husband said to me, and it just, it crushed me because he was like, I have to change who I am because of your jealousy. I have to act differently. Molly, does your husband at times feel like he has to do that? Or has he, have you guys experienced anything similar to that?
2: I think so, because he's, um he's complained about that. And then I, you know, and I feel, I feel how much pressure I'm putting on him to change. And I try to remind myself, this, this is the man I fell in love with, this really friendly, outgoing man who is kind and nice to everyone. And I'm asking him to, to reel in a little bit when he interacts with other women. And he is just friendly. I, I don't even know how to say, he's just a really nice guy. And so I wanted him to just stop a couple of things. And I said, you know, I asked him not to have one-on-one lunches with women. Mm -hmm. He said, just do that for me. And um, he used a a nickname for women, you know, like not, he would call them sister, but he also calls all the men brother. So I just said, that's too familiar. And this is he was at a lower level then, you know, I don't think he would do it at his level now um, in employment, but I said, that's too familiar. I just didn't want them to be that friendly. And th- I think that was really hard on him that he feels like when he's at home and he's in a meeting and he, I'm within earshot, he feels like he's kind of walking on eggshells. Like, am I going to say something wrong? Am I going to say something too nice? And I can't hear what the women are saying back, but you know, I'm sure if, if I could hear them too, he'd be really worried that they might laugh too much. Because when I was watching on the camera, which Thankfully is gone out of his office now. I would notice they flip their hair too much. They smile too much. What are they laughing at? I noticed every reaction to everything he said and it was ridiculous, but, but I, but I did. I kind of wanted him to not be as nice and that's not fair. Right. It's easier when we're not in the moment
0: to understand or to think through. That kind of maybe we're, we are being a little bit irrational, but in the heat of the moment, and when we're really in that uncomfortable spot, we don't see that. It's very difficult to see, like, oh my gosh, you know, what this is doing to them versus you're just trying to make yourself feel better. So what, however that's going to be, I just want to. I just want to feel better and not feel uncomfortable. And so if they have to change to make me Mm -hmm. feel comfortable, then that's what has to happen.
2: For me, he was willing to do that because because he's a people pleaser. He wanted me to be happy, but it's been hard for him and it makes him feel resentful.
0: Talk to me about conversations you've had with your partner about jealousy. Like how have some of those went, not when you're jealous, but when you're trying to explain to them how you're feeling? How are you having those conversations, Daniela?
1: I'm in my head trying to go back in that time to to remember just like the, the look on his face. And it's interesting because you said, how are the conversations going when you're not in the heat of the moment? I think that's the key phrase there, right? Because that is a very different conversation when I'm in the moment, when I'm reacting versus when I'm proactively trying to explain things and I will say that that's one of the things that has been huge from being and participating in the Dump to Junk program is that I'm much more aware. And I've like, you've brought things to my attention that I didn't know I was doing. And so that's helped me to articulate when I'm not in the heat of the moment and explain, you know, like, hey, I, I didn't realize that I've had this issue for as long as I have, like, I've known it's there, but I didn't realize like, it's all tied together. Um, And trying to share that with him so that he he also understands like, one, it's not you and it wasn't it didn't just start with you, unfortunately, but it is something that I've been dealing with for years and years and years. And so it's going to take me a lot of time and a lot of work and patience to overcome and to unlearn a lot of these habits that I've turned to, taught myself and learned over the years. For him, it's sometimes eye opening. Uh, I see him digesting a lot of the information just kind of like letting it sink in like oh that's that's interesting and that makes sense but a lot more of i think just trying to really imagine what that's like and i i think that's where we disconnect because for someone who hasn't or doesn't experience jealousy or that this is these are uncharted waters right they 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 don't understand it's like why do you have a problem with this kind of get over it type thing and so it's really it's still something that I'm working on to to really communicate because I mean it, and this is this goes past just my partner, like friends who don't experience jealousy, like what do you mean you don't like why do you why why does that bother you? Why are you upset because I'm like, you're not upset, you wouldn't be upset. I mean little things like that 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 the other person just can't it doesn't resonate, and I you know Molly mentioned that, like we have built this bond where if I need to vent about something and I just need some understanding, I need no judgment, I know she's my person right now. She will hear me out and 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 say, yeah, you know what, I did that too, or I've been through that. And, and then like we kind of bounce off ideas. And for me, that's been huge because I can kind of like calm back down or, you know, kind of reset my mindset again. So going back to it, it it's something that's still a work in progress. It's so interesting. And I
0: love this because if it's not Molly in the throes of jealousy, she can walk you down, Daniela, all day long. Like she can be like, no, this is you right? Yeah. Like
2: it. Yeah. If it's not me, we've we've had those moments too where I've been through it and I'm I'm old enough to be her mama. I mean, we have such parallel lives. Everything she's going through almost I've gone through it. So we can go back on the and one of our issues was and we stop topic, but one of our issues is that we both started out best friends with our husbands. And, and that's how we met. That's how we became partners. And so that's why friendships bother me so much, I think. But when she was having something going on, I said, go back and be his friend. Go Uh, back to the kind of friend you were to him when you first met. And that's because that was one of the things I had to do is start thinking, Mm -hmm. how would I treat a friend? What would I do for a friend today? You know, I would, you know, I would make him some coffee. I would do these things because I thought, I'm going to treat him like I would a friend and try to be his friend again. And that was really helpful. So oh. just things like that where, or she's experienced it and she can tell me what she did or, you know, so writing things in the notes on our phone instead of having them come out our mouth or, right? You know, love, things, yeah. love,
0: love be their friend again. So powerful because even if you didn't start out as friends, you build a friendship through dating. Hopefully there's some friendship there if you end up getting married or or having a life together. And so I think that's just beautiful going back to, like, just be a friend. What would a friend do right now? Support them, hear them out, care for them, all that stuff. Beautiful, Molly. So, Danielle, you were talking about, okay, yes, the conversation is very different when I have a clear mind and I can communicate things differently. Molly, talk to me about how the conversation goes in the heat of the moment at
2: times. You know, I feel like when I have a really extreme, jealous moment, you know, it, it's almost like a fugue moment. I mean, I feel like, and I know that I, everybody, you can control your actions, you can control your words. I feel out of control. And so my ears are ringing. My chest hurts. My, I can hear my heart throbbing in my ears. My mouth goes dry. My throat goes dry. I'm not, a, I don't even feel like myself. Just, yeah, it it's like a monster rises up inside me. I, I mean, not that I wouldn't, I've never hit or hurt or done anything, but my mouth, I mean, my mouth is mean and it comes out with some snarky things. And so in the heat of the moment, it, it it's really hard to talk about I usually end up in tears and I usually end up by saying no I'm sorry it's all on me but this is how I feel and it's that mm-hmm. not one conversation goes well if I'm in the throes of a jealous moment yeah you know, just I don't have it If I'm not this person that you see in front of you at all like not at all and I'm very ashamed of the person I become but it yeah conversations don't work that way
0: Well, that's a whole nother cycle, too, right? Like, okay, now I'm super embarrassed of the way that I acted and the things that I said. And I'm really ashamed and feel like, who am I? Who is this person? Like you said, this monster that's coming out that I feel like I have no control over. Hey you, I just wanted to pop in and let you know the doors to the Trust Building Bootcamp are now open. Are you tired of feeling anxious and insecure in your relationship? Do you constantly worry that your partner's cheating or they're gonna leave you even when there's no evidence of betrayal? Do you feel like, oh, I just can't trust, even myself sometimes? Well, that was me, and if it sounds like you, it's time to stop second-guessing. And I know some of the thoughts that you have, like, is this something that anyone would be upset about, or am I just worried about it because of my jealousy? We'll mark your calendars for Wednesday, May 29th, because that's when our trust building boot camp begins. In our weekly one hour sessions, you'll learn how your brain is choosing unhealthy strategies to get your needs met, and how to pull yourself out of those insecure habit loops. I lead every session live to give you guidance to learn to trust not only your partner, but yourself. Whether you're struggling with past traumas or simply want to strengthen the foundation of your relationship, this boot camp is for you. And believe it or not, we actually have fun. Don't let your fears hold you back from experiencing the love and security you deserve. Spaces are limited, so visit topself.com to sign up or simply click the link in the show notes to take your first step to a more trusting relationship. You won't regret it. See you there.
2: You know, one of the things I told myself in more recent weeks in thinking about all this is if I saw a man treating a woman the way I treat my husband, as far as control, I would call him abusive. Mm -hmm. And that kind of hurt to think that I'm emotionally abusing my husband by treating him this way. And it was just like a light went off. Like this is, this is abusive. If I saw a man doing this, I would be really upset. Mm -hmm. And yet I don't, Hadn't applied it to myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I know you guys can't see,
0: but
1: Daniela <laughs> is like, "Yes, it, it's <laughs> that light bulb that's going off for sure." And it's it's the the moment of truth, right when you acknowledge. I don't want to say the evil, but essentially the evil that that's in that. If someone says when you go to the doctor and they ask you like if there's any abuse in the home, you're like, "Oh no, yeah," because there's no physical abuse. But when we stop to think about it, it, there is emotional abuse, and that's something that nobody wants to admit me included and so i think yeah. it's to refrain from thinking that and trying to shift like an excuse my behavior and my way of thinking but you know i i i think about my children and if someone were to treat one of my children this way like i would have a huge problem with that and i would call that abuse so it's calling it out in myself and like acknowledging it and stopping because i don't want to be that person that's not okay we were able to touch a little bit on that self awareness
0: piece and really helps to open your eyes to how your how this is driving your life and in those situations cuz jealous people are the kindest, sweetest, most of them have the just the best heart and it's because they want everything to be great and they love so hard and so much but they can be some asses like they can just be downright nasty
2: people in those moments I have I have said some words I've yes. called women some names that I am so ashamed of because I've never said those words in my life and they have just come out like I didn't even know they had them in my head yeah. and I kind of bunch them together and they're a blah 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 and then by the time I'm done it's horrible and mm-hmm. I'm I always thought of myself as a feminist and supportive of other women. And yeah, jealousy has just not done anything good for me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I cringe
0: thinking of some of the looks or comments or just, yeah, the snarky things that I've done to women just because I thought that they were attractive. Like that's all they did was... Be attractive. Be attractive. Yeah. That's it. Weren't even doing anything. um. So I'm glad we talked about the self-awareness piece. I did want to ask, and just because I do have the new course coming out, you guys were pivotal in helping to pull some of the things from Dump the Junk that we went through that really helped. So do you all mind sharing maybe something that we went through in those six weeks that you felt like has changed or that you are doing that's helping
1: today with some of that jealousy? I think looking through and discussing the habit and discussing the action habits and and knowing how to look at that loop and then make goals out of it to reframe your mindset. I think that that has been huge for me. There were certain things that I wasn't aware that I was doing Like it just, it was normal. It was natural to me. And so now being more aware of like, what was my, what compulsions do I have? Right. How did I react? How did I open my mouth? What was my routine like if something happened and how to like slow down, take a step back and set essentially or create new habits? Like instead of reacting to this or instead of saying something that I would normally say, you know, just slowing down. I mean, I remember. Then this probably mixes with different things. But I mean, instead of saying something smart, given a compliment to like stop yourself and it almost yeah. like buys you time to really gather your yes. brain. The acronym one for me has been huge. I like, I, I say one, one, one all the time. And I'm like, just open to a new experience, open to a new, even though I don't always spell one with the E at the end. Sometimes it's, it's a open to a new reason. Like it's O N R, like this is a new reason. It's not what I'm thinking. That has been super, just super helpful for me and, and not just mm-hmm. assuming the worst. And sometimes I kind of fall off the wagon and have to go back and go back to basics. Molly and I were talking about that earlier because
0: it's going to happen, right? I mean, you guys just heard my experience in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I had a mini meltdown. I'm I'm thankful for it. But in the moment, I sure as heck was not thankful for having that meltdown on the beach. But yeah, we're going to have those setbacks. I think the important thing is like not going into it thinking I'm never in my life going to feel this way again. I'm never going to be jealous of anyone and everything's going to be wonderful and great. But how different your life can be when it's not driving your life. It's not all consuming. It's not everything that you're thinking about. You're spending time on yourself. You're actually interested in other things. And Molly, even when you said, I was too busy before to worry about what my husband was doing. That's actually the place we want to be, right? I'm worried about my own stuff. I don't need to track them down and worry about them and think about them all the time. I should be focused on, on me and what I'm doing and what I want and how my yeah. life's going.
2: What about for you, Molly? Anything stand out for you? I think, and it's like, I can remember so clearly when I heard the first podcast and I was driving home from shopping and I couldn't believe I found it. And one of the first things that you talked about doing was giving up different action habits. And I looked at, that's when I came home and I took the camera out of the room. You know, it was like, I've got to stop doing these one thing at a time. And when I looked at it as something that I could do little by little, that I didn't have to do it all at once. I didn't have to be perfect. But it could make some positive changes. I think that was really big for me. And, you know, it took me, I mean, it was a long time between dropping one action habit and dropping the next. I mean, we're talking a few months. It's been a couple of months. Yeah. I'm like, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, but I can, I can do this. And, um, I think one of the other things that really helped me that we did that I didn't expect, I didn't think about this so much was doing the timeline mm, where we put highs no. and lows during our life. And trying to figure out where all this came from. And, and I always thought that I had sort of a little bit of an idealistic childhood. And I started doing those highs and lows. and I went, Mm-mm, not so much. You know, you start really thinking about traumatic things. And I'm like, I've got trauma. Never thought I was a person who had trauma, but when I looked at it. You know, when you look at it from another standpoint, as an adult, and you look at what this child was going through, that's trauma. And and looking at how that affected me, um, I had watched Brene Brown's Atlas of the Heart and I was so just hit with her definition of jealousy versus envy and that, you know, jealousy being that you're afraid something's going to take something. Someone will take something away from you versus envy as you want something someone else has. And I, that's just been what's in my head ever since, you know, whenever I have a jealous moment, I think, what am I afraid of here? Is it afraid that someone's going to replace me? Someone's going to take something away from me? Because I don't really think my husband's ever going to be unfaithful. If he hasn't been in 40 years, he's not going to be now. But I'm still jealous. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You know. But yeah, that was that timeline was really, really helpful and, and very eye-opening.
0: You actually came up with a, that you shared with the group about how you were able to see when you were working early on and how that's relating to now with your husband working with women. Can you, do you mind sharing that a little bit? Of course. So, you know, when I
2: I think that it even goes back further. When I was a child, I had some experiences with older cousins that were less than ideal. And always sort of feeling that men kind of used women, you know, and that we were only good for one thing. Right. And going into my job and working then with men, I was 15, got a job at a fast food restaurant. Our bosses there would say terrible things to us and, and snap us in the rear end with, with a wet towel or just their hand. And they would smack us and they would tease us and talk about the most horrible things. And We'd get a we'd go to get a, a cloth to clean the counters and we'd say, Where's the rag? And he'd go, These are cleaning cloths. The rag is what you wear between your legs. Like that's the kind of things these bosses were saying to 15-year-old girls at that time. And mm. now it just horrifies me. And right. to look back on that was my experience. And then going on to the next job and having the same experience. And fortunately, I've really only worked with women since I became a, an adult. So I I haven't had to, you know, I haven't experienced that. So, to me, that's my memory of the workplace and men and women.
0: And now your husband is in the workplace working with women. And so you're tying that to that's the way that it is. Right.
2: And my husband would never do or say any right. of those things. He's, he's very much a gentleman, but it just, that was our limiting beliefs that men can only see women. As a sexual object and that if they're around them long enough and they become friends with them, then it's going to proceed to the next thing and the next step. And Mm -hmm. that's definitely a limiting belief of mine Yeah, that I'm still working on.
0: Yeah. That connection that you made early on because of a couple of different environments that you were in and that was it. Like that connection was there. That's the story for you that you have then been telling yourself for all of this time that. That's how men interact, that all men interact with women that way.
1: That limiting belief Mm -hmm. one is huge, though. You mentioned that, Shannon, in one of our in one of our sessions where what are some of those things? And the biggest one that stood out was women can't be friends with men. Men can't be friends with women. And started thinking, well, is that is that always true? Right. Is that is that true for me? Like, can Mm -hmm. I not be friends with with a male? And I can. So then why would it be different? for my spouse. Why would it be different for anyone else? But I it's like trying to remind yourself that 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 is a belief, it's not a fact, it's not true and it's not the same it's not the case every time. But it's hard when yeah. you are around so many people and social media doesn't help, right? Where there's there's things being put out there, you're seeing things, you're whether it's icons on TV, on social media, whatever it is and Um, Or, you know, people in your circle that were once married that are now divorced because of infidelity or whatever Mm -hmm. it is like you you almost like can't help but think that it's just
2: so it's just so hard. It's like a virus you don't want to catch, you know, that you're you're you're, your marriage is not going to be healthy because of the ones around you.
0: And we talked about one of the reasons that it's like that because we don't take that inventory of what are those beliefs that what are those things I'm believing right now, we don't take inventory enough. It's probably been who knows how long, if ever that we sat down and really took inventory? like what are those things that I think that may not be always true, like I'm putting them in this black and white box or putting them in it's either over here or over there, or this is absolutely true or not true and how long has it been since we thought about those types of things? Right. Um, anything that you want to share with someone who's listening to this, who's experiencing jealousy? Maybe they just found the podcast. They're just realizing some of the things that, you know, you guys are a little bit ahead. Any words of wisdom or things that you want to
2: tell them to comfort them? I think mostly just that you're not alone. You are not the only one feeling this. and make some connections, get involved with the Facebook group or, or any other kind of work group that you can get together with and make some connections with some other women going through the same thing and support each other. You know, it's like, this isn't a group where we say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's horrible. This is a group where we say, what, what can we do better? What, How can we fix this? What's, you know, and, and we all, I, I put this on myself. I, this is my problem. And I, I have to remind my husband daily, this is my problem. I'm working on it. I'm sorry. You're, you're caught up in it. But again, I think the support group has been probably the most helpful for me, you know, just actually hearing other women say that they have the same issues it's huge. Mm-hmm. And so get involved.
0: And I love that too, because that Facebook group, when I created it, it wasn't a place to go and like, just like, yes, venting in a way of like, here's what's going on, but not in the, you should leave him. And I would never stand for that. And it's more of giving a second at have somebody else that's going to be able to look at it a little bit clearer than you're looking at it in that moment. And so I think that that's the best way that we can support each other inside that group. Of, I know that you're hot and you know super heated right now. So let me be your clear mind, and maybe pull some self awareness into the response, or
1: you know letting you look at things a different way. I totally agree with that. Right? I think finding your person or your people <laughs> it is essentially like my biggest, just my biggest advice. Um. You know, one thing that I shared in our Dump the Jump group and, and just in our team, I feel like we're a team here, uh, was what I was doing, which was like journaling in my phone. I, I found journaling to be very helpful, but I wasn't always in front of my pen and paper. And sometimes just the, the busy day to day, I didn't have time to like sit here and and jot down things. But one thing I always have is my phone. And so opening up my notes and literally whatever I would say otherwise, when I'm in the heat of the moment, whatever is upsetting or pissing me off, I am like talking to my phone and I'm like just type, 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 whether I'm in the moment, if I have to look away, you know, this was my like, I guess, coping way. Like Shannon, you mentioned like at one point walking away, going to the bathroom trying to like get yourself together. Mm -hmm. And so for me, this was my like getting myself together I would take my phone out, jot down whatever it is. it is. It didn't make sense sometimes. Like sometimes I was yelling. There were exclamation points. There were emojis. I mean, if I could probably take pictures of what I was upset on, I probably would and add them there. But, you know, again, it was just like my my virtual journaling and it really was an outlet. It still is. It's, it's really an outlet for me that if something he said at the moment or just a smart comment that I wanted to make, it it was my way of knowing like, I can take that back because I didn't say that out loud. And if there's something that's still upsetting me, then I want to allow myself time to cool off, whether it's a couple of days and if it's still weighing on me, then I can take that in a calmly, just more efficient way to to my spouse, right? Like, hey, this you said this the other day, this really upset me. Let's talk about it, whatever it might be. But that has been, you know, that and having honestly, like my my sponsor here (laughs) has been huge. I've I've, I've seen Molly, my sponsor here, but like, you know, seriously, because putting myself out there to begin with was very intimidating. It's it's again, it's that shame, the embarrassment of like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna out myself type thing. And and we talked about that with you, Shannon, where you know it takes courage to admit I'm dealing with this right now. And when you finally do put yourself out there. There's this weight lifted of you're not the only one. There are others who are going through it or who have been through it. So that also means that there's there's hope. There's hope that things will get better. And then there's that reminder that you're also going to have those setbacks. Right. And it's just it's like how you come back.
2: That's what matters. When you said setbacks, I thought it was actually so nice that you were able to share your setback, Shannon. And Let us know that even when you're doing really well, there may be a set that, but you can come right back from it. So I just wanted to say that, that that was super helpful.
0: Uh, Well, thank you. And I think what a beautiful place to end this conversation. I want to tell you, you both are so super special to me. I really have enjoyed getting to know you both. And thank you so much for having the courage to come on here and just share your stories and your experiences. And you're certainly helping other people. So you two are extremely special
2: to me. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Shannon.